0: coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Oregon and on the Sun radio networks. Well, we, first of all, uh, before I introduce our guest, who's returning uh, for another appearance this week, I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Well, we're talking to our friend, um, Bill Gillespie. Now, Bill, if he's been on the show before, and he's the uh, president and CEO of Smoking Hogs. <laughs> masters back there, won a ton of stuff, you know, been to the Jack, been to the Royal, been pretty much everywhere. Uh, but he's got a new book out. And the new book is Hot and Fast Barbecue on Your Weber Smoky Mountain Cooker. And, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about, one, this particular cooker uh, since the last time that Bill was on the show, which I looked, was about a year and a half ago. And and secondly, this is a cool book, folks. Uh, There's got some the photography is phenomenal and there's some great recipes in there and there's a lot of little tips and insights from Bill. So I'm gonna shut up here and say, uh, welcome, buddy. How are you?
1: I'm good, JT. Thanks for uh having me on again. It's uh yeah, it's been a little bit of a, a while, I think, since the last time and it's uh yeah, it's good to be good to be uh on and good to be out and about, I can tell you that much.
0: Yeah, it was it was PC pre COVID, as I like yeah, to say. Yeah, I think so. Right. When, when you were doing that. I want to uh, let people know that you're not endorsed by Weber or That's sp- correct. sponsored by Weber. This is something you did
1: yeah, uh, it's a, a I call it like an independent guide yeah you know on the on the Weber cookers
0: yep. yeah and and it works really well and the the Smoky Mountain cooker I know we talked about it the last time you were here, but kind of brief mm-hmm. kind of briefly um. The big stuff out here, as you know, Bill, is a lot of pellet grills out here. Oh, yeah. Out here. And then, of course, the regular, you know, charcoal, maybe it's green egg or some other form of Kamado style or, you know, what yeah. have you. And then, of course, yeah. uh, tons of gas grills.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Right.
0: So one of the things I'd like to talk about with you to start off with, you can do these recipes. They're designed for the... uh uh smoky mountain cooker but you can do mm-hmm. these pretty much on any of those um grills yeah, except absolutely. maybe except maybe yep. the brisket on a gas grill that's a little touchy sometimes
1: Yeah but, I mean you you could do it um you know you just take a little bit more propane that's all or yeah. gas whatever and but yeah it can d- definitely be done so
0: So were these recipes and we're going to go through a bunch of them here because I oh, Okay um but were these recipes ones you've had for a long time or were some of them you developed specifically? specifically for the book?
1: Um, I, kind of a combination of the two. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity last year with, with COVID and everything. Uh, I, it was a good good opportunity to, to write a book because I was uh, working from home. Um, so I had some time, if I needed to, to go out in the backyard and do some recipe testing. So sure. I had I had a few recipes kind of tucked away, and I was able to you know come up with some newer recipes um you know some of the older ones i tweaked up a little bit to uh you know for this hot and fast cooking um and some of the the other ones i just kind of my wife and i just sort of got together and we said how about this how about that and you know we came up with about 50 or so recipes that we felt really comfortable with and just started testing away and um yeah we just had a had a lot of fun with it uh at one point, I, I must have cooked cornbread probably. <laughs> oh God, three weeks, almost two or three weeks straight. Like it was every day, and I think at one point I did it three or four times in one day, just because I was just off a little bit. And my my wife to this day, she's like, "No, nope, no more cornbread." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, I I <clears throat> I have a blonde bomber that lives in my house too, and w- <laughs> when we're doing certain things, in fact, it ribs. We did rib, yeah. ribs on a uh, couple of the shows I work on last week, uh, yep. television stuff. And then it was Father's Day. So my daughter calls and says, hey, are you having a barbecue on Father's Day? <laughs> well, it's Father's Day. I thought maybe you would do something. But <laughs>
1: right.
0: it's like, no, I really want some ribs. And I said, OK, I'll cook the ribs <laughs> and, and you, you bring your boyfriend down and we'll have a good time. And we did. So I noticed that my wife loaded up my daughter with ribs. At, at the end of the day, to take home, and I, and so yesterday I said, "She said, what's for dinner?'" And I said, "Well, we've got those ribs and mac salad left over." She goes, "No more ribs,
1: she goes, at least till
0: after the Fourth of July." No more ribs.
1: So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, my my wife does the same. We, I had a uh, freezer. Uh, with some some leftover barbecue in it, and she actually went to her parents' house yesterday for a few days um, just to see them because it's going to be a while before we get to see them again. But sure. she she took a couple of bags of frozen ribs and brisket down to them and kind of cleaned me out. <laughs> well, there
0: you go, there you yeah. go. And one thing before we really jump into the, the other part of it, Bill is yeah. this is all designed for hot and fast cooking. Now for years. In years and yep. years, barbecue and especially competitive barbecue has been low and slow. Yeah. Low and slow. And I think now because of the popularity of barbecue, we've got everybody looking at the low and slow as I like mm-hmm. to say, but there's other ways to do it. And they, yeah. you know, I think they all think they're going to become a Bill Gillespie or a Myron Mixon or a <laughs> Tuffy Stone or something, but you know this makes this makes a lot of sense
1: yeah you know and and um you know when i first got got into competition barbecue i you know i started out on a on a weber Smoky mountain and uh, it was only an 18 inch and um I was doing hot and fast brisket on that, but at the time it was only like a 10 pound brisket Sure. and I'd have the whole brisket done in four hours, you know? And, um, I kind of got away from that as, you know, as you learn and, and everything, I wanted to get more low and slow traditional stuff. And, um, and my, my first book I did had a, a uh, one of, one of the sections was a hot and fast section. Not mm-hmm. not too many recipes, but just kind of showing that versatility of the of the WSM. Um, and you know the 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 trend now tends to be hot and fast, especially in the competition world. Um, people don't want to be up all night at a competition, you know, looking at their smoker or whatever, and so now they can get to bed and get a good night's rest and get up it you know, five, six in the morning to fire up their, their cookers and cook sure.
0: off fast. Yeah. And it, it cuts down on the, uh, interruption of your beer drinking time.
1: Absolutely. You right. Know, that's right.
0: important. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> right. got to have our priorities there, but that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, like I said, it's just kind of unusual because I know there's, there's some people and you get some weird ones, you know, I mean, you, You have a a prime rib recipe in here where you talk about, you know, keeping it at 500 degrees or whatever it was, if I remember correctly, just for a short period of time. Then you lock down the vents and you leave it there. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's called the the closed oven method. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's what it was. It it was you, if I can remember, I don't have the book. I I should have the book in front of me, but it's basically, um, yeah you, you get it as hot, you know like 450 500 degrees and it's for however many pounds it's like 5 minutes or however many pounds and then you like you said you shut it down and it, and as the cooker comes down it continues to sure. you know to cook and it's just a, just a different um, different style something to fun fun to try and i, I you know i thought it was very interesting that's kind of why i included it in with in with this book
0: well, and, and I I agree with that one, but I've had people and I've had people on the show uh more towards the holidays when yeah. we're talking about doing a big rib roast or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're like, Okay, I put it in the oven at five hundred and fifty degrees for seven and seven minutes and thirty seven seconds, and then I turn turn it down to one fifty for two hours, and then I bring it back up and I'm like, gee, many Christmas, people aren't gonna <laughs> yeah. do that. Right, right. You know, it's it, the the science behind holding in the heat and letting it continually cook because you kind of go from a hot and fast back to a low and slow almost.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And doing it that way, or I should say a, a baseline temperature cook, you mm-hmm. know, in that respect. But yeah, yeah, some of them get pretty creative with these recipes and I'm not. They do. I have not tried a lot of them. I will be uh-huh. honest. I, yeah, it, yeah. It just doesn't, but. I do find it interesting that on the hot and fast, that you know you've you've got the Weber Smoky Mountain, you've got like now all the barrel cookers. uh, Oh yeah, you know all those drums, all the drums. You know they can do it very easily in that. You you can do it in a in a um, uh, a, you know a regular old Weber uh, Mm -hmm. like that. You could do it, and so it kind of hard to do it in a pellet though.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I don't have so much experience with the pellet cookers. Um, so um, I, I know I, I can get fairly hot with those. Sure. I, I don't. I'm not really too familiar with them.
0: Well, and it's hard to, um, the way they're designed, the way they're built, they're great. I've got a couple of them. But if you were just going to put it up to 500 for you know a half hour or whatever and then shut it off, yeah, and let it hold it. That that probably won't hold the heat as well. Yeah, as, I think as that, a, I
1: because of the metal is pretty thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Where you use you know your Weber Smoky Mountain or one of the drums, they they'll hold it for quite a while.
1: They will, and just because the the coal is still in there, and it's just a big mass of coal, and it's mm-hmm. slowly, you know, kind of putting itself out by closing all the vents, but you still have all that heat in there. Yeah.
0: It does. We're talking with Bill Gillespie. His new book is Hot and Fast Barbecue on Your Weber Smoky Mountain Cooker. Uh, Master the quickest method to smoking mouth-watering meats. And he's got some great, great photography in this book. And um, (laughs) it's pretty... Well, it's mouthwatering. I'm just going to yeah, say Yeah,
1: Ken, Ken Goodman, He is uh, he's awesome. He's done all four of my cookbooks.
0: Um, we're going to take a break. Bill Gillespie and I from Smoking Hogs be back to talk more about the recipes in this book. Before we go to break, really quick, I want to say hi to a couple of new affiliates, KATL in Billings, Montana, and KZWY in Sheridan, Wyoming. Thanks, guys, for having us on your airwaves. Barbecue Nation will be back right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm your host, JT, here on the Sun Radio Network, and we're talking with Bill Gillespie excuse me, from Smokin' Hogs. Uh, barbecue. He's the commander in chief of that outfit, but he's also an author, Hot and Fast Barbecue on your Weber Smoky Mountain cooker. We're going to talk to Bill in a second about some of his recipes. If you would like to reach out to us, it's pretty simple. You just go to barbecue nation. That's bbqnationjt.com. And there's an icon there to send me a message. Comes right into my mailbox and I'll answer any questions or have one of our guests answer questions for you. So uh, that's a good thing. And of course we're on Facebook and Twitter and I don't know how many anymore. We just added some more social media platforms, Bill, and it's yeah. it's getting crazy.
1: It is. It is. I can only keep track of so many of them. <laughs> I'm kind of,
0: I'm a Twitter guy because yeah. I have got a lot of friends on Twitter or people I've made friendships with, you know? Yeah. And uh, a lot of fun stuff not too snarky or anything so mm-hmm. that's kind of the one i i personally stick with yep. uh because um some of the other ones are pretty nuts as far as I yeah
1: I, I my my wife's been trying to get me to do more on instagram and it's pretty pretty simple i like it you know he's just a couple of couple of pitches or a quick little uh yeah. video and um you know, you a little caption to it and whatnot, and it's uh, so. My, my wife does more of the Instagram stuff than I do. Um, I, I kind of gravitate towards the the whole Facebook thing, and sure, you know, but well. you know, I mean, there's so many out there now, and it's. Uh, I don't want to get too overwhelmed with it, so I just basically Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: There you go. The three. There yeah. you go. So, last segment we were talking about your your cornbread, and in the book, it's got the. <sighs> Honey cheddar cornbread, and yeah. I don't. I don't think that people uh, realize. And I know it's kind of uh, regional in, mm-hmm. in in spots, but cornbread is actually an essential part of barbecue, either cornbread or white bread. So yep. if you're in Texas, you're going to get white bread. You know, if you're in Kentucky or in the South or up in the Northeast, you're going to get cornbread. Um, mm-hmm. Is this recipe one that you whipped up? And tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so it's um, I, I did a little research on it, and um, you know it's, it's cornbread and corn cake. And north of the, I think the Mason Dixon line, it's uh, it's more of a sweeter kind of a corn cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, south of that, it's uh, it's not sweet at all. It's just the cornbread you know um it's just the sweetness of the corn basically is is, is as far as it goes sure um so i i kind of like um i like the sweet and savory so i get the savory from the cheddar and the and the sweet from the from the honey mm-hmm. and um this one's really nice it's a it's a nice dense moist uh cornbread and I like one of those those cornbreads that kind of stick to your ribs, right. you know, like really dense and heavy. And that's basically what this one is. Um, and I spent a little bit of time trying to develop it. I wanted to get it perfect, and I I think I did a pretty good job with it.
0: I'm gonna uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna be making it this weekend. I know I can't make awesome. I know I can't <laughs> make any more ribs for a while for my yeah. wife, <laughs> but I'll make I'll make something and make this cornbread. And here's a little JT secret. I'm gonna share with you, Bill. When I eat cornbread, I love cornbread and honey. Okay. Hot, hot butter, you know, hot cornbread, butter and honey. (laughs) I'm such a pig at times, (laughs) but I like to eat it with a spoon. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't want to miss any of it, you know? Right. That
1: makes sense. And I'm kind of a slob.
0: And so I don't want to get cornbread crumbs all over hell and back. So right I put it in a little bowl and I put some butter on it and People look at me like you're you're retarded. And yeah. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, no, this is the way I like it. I cooked it, right. I can eat it the way I want. So yep. just, just a little yeah. trade secret there yeah. from the old cowboy. Hey,
1: you know, everybody does it their way and there's there's no wrong way to do it. So
0: No, 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 no. Okay. So another thing we want to talk about today. Is you cover pizza in the book? You've got Chicago deep dish, yep, stuff. And if Meathead was here, he'd be going crazy. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and then you got South of Boston Bar Pizza, or as you would say, Bar Pizza.
1: Bar Pizza. Bar yeah. Pizza. Yeah. So, so that's kind of a cult following down down here. It's a South Shore Bar Pizza, and um, it's it's made in these small uh, shallow. Ten-inch pans, and uh, the the dough is a little wet, and and you cook it like super hot. And when you're making it, you, you there's really no no crust, so you keep it kind of one level, mm-hmm. and you bring the sauce and the cheese all the way to the edge, and you're cooking it so hot that they uh, the edges become nice and and caramelized, like from the sauce and the cheese. Sure. Not so much burnt, but caramelized. And right. they call those edges laced. And if you've ever had that that kind of uh, well-done caramelized cheese and sauce, I mean, it's just it, – it turns it almost nutty, right? Like right. a nutty flavor. And it's just – this, uh, it's just, it's one of our favorites. I mean, it's the individual pizzas. So you you know, you'll, you'll usually find me on a Sunday afternoon during football season at a bar <laughs> with a, a, a nice pitcher of beer and one of these pizzas. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's just very good. You know, I, 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 I look forward to that all the time.
0: I know that you're not putting pineapple on this. That's always the, 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 or anything. (laughs) It's cheese, it's cheese pizza.
1: Yeah, just cheese. I mean, you could certainly put toppings, like, you know, you go to these places, they'll, they'll do pepperoni and sausage and, and the standard stuff. Uh Um, And there's a few places, you know, they'll do a buffalo chicken bar pizza. And um, it's, but yeah, it's just whatever you like, you know. Um, But I'm, I'm more of a Just more of a sausage or a pepperoni guy. So,
0: yeah, I, uh, you know, I gotta. Here's another little secret. I love, I love pepperoni, mushrooms, and black olives on my pizza. I just, I just do. You know, it's a good combination. Yep. Every once in a while, though, I just will order a plain cheese pizza.
1: Same here, right? Just because, yeah, it's yeah. You don't want anything else, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. You just, and I don't want all my friends from chicago or massachusetts like you or anybody saying god you know you can't do that that's against the rules putting stuff (laughs) so i order a plain cheese pizza we're going to take another break here on barbecue nation we're going to be back with bill gillespie we're talking about his new book hot and fast and barbecue on his webby webby weber smoky mountain cooker i'm sure the weber folks would like that um but don't go away we'll be right back If you're enjoying J.T. and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G., where we talk home improvement and design, right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm J.T. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Find a location that serves Painted Hills or sells it near you. Or well, if not, I think you can buy it online from them. Also, the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Uh, great knives, good stuff, a lot of fun. Check it out on Gunter, as they say. GunterWilhelmKnives.com. We're talking with Bill Gillespie from Smoking Hogs Bar- Barbecue. <clears throat> he's the pit master there, but we're also, he's an author. And... We've talked to Bill a couple times before about his books, but he's got the new one, Hot and Fast Barbecue on Your Weber Smoky Mountain Cooker. Okay, one of the things we're going to get to brisket in a minute. All right. Yep. Turkey legs. you've ever yeah. people who listen to this show before, know I'm a fan of smoked turkey leg, mm-hmm. and I won't I won't waste time telling them the story about how I saw a twenty dollar turkey leg float away in San Antonio one day <sighs> when it was <sighs> raining. I won't oh. I won't tell them that, but. It was a very expensive turkey leg. I'll just put it that yep. way. Okay. <laughs> but I love going to county fairs, uh, state fairs, that type of thing. And yep. if they've got turkey legs there or something, and, uh, you know, Bill, I'll also eat turkey gizzards and turkey hearts mm-hmm. and turkey livers. I don't, the beaks and the feet, I'm kind of shy. I shy yeah. away from them. But other yeah. than that, you know, not
1: too much. Yeah. These, um these turkey legs are great. So they, my inspiration came from. Uh, so we have this rena- Renaissance fair out this way. It's in. It's in the fall, and it's called King Richard's Fair. Sure. And you see everybody wearing, dressed up in costume. Everybody's walking around with these massive turkey legs, and it's just. Uh, you know, there's there's a few vendors that are cooking them, and that's all you see. And that's that's kind of where I drew my inspiration from. And uh, and I, I love turkey legs, too. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's got its own utensil, and you can walk around with one <laughs> hand and act like a caveman. And, and that's just, I, I love them. You know, I usually, at Thanksgiving time, I, I save one of the turkey legs for myself, and that's just what you see on my plate. So. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I do that at Thanksgiving. I'll actually buy a couple extra. Yep, <clears throat> I don't know about the Gillespie house, but in the Tracy household, they seem to be dark meat lovers. Uh, yeah,
1: we have a we have a good mix here. I, mm-hmm. I, I love the dark meat. Yeah, and my my wife and and her father like the, the the white meat, so it's it's a good mix.
0: Sure. So, but I always cook a couple extras. <clears throat> oh yeah, and they stay out in the. I actually cook them the day before Thanksgiving. They stay yep. out in the uh, refrigerator on the patio, wrapped up and stuff, and then uh, I'll heat them up a little bit. But if we've got a larger group coming to the house, I, I I use that dark meat very sparingly because I yep. want the next day after Thanksgiving is always our Oregon-Oregon, University of Oregon-Oregon State Civil War game that weekend, mm-hmm. either Friday or Saturday. And I got to have a turkey leg, Bill. Yeah. I got to have <laughs> So what advice would you give people? To, you know, you've you got your recipe here for six turkey legs. Yep. And most people think of turkey cooking it, again, slow. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way.
1: No, no, not at all. I mean, uh, you know, you, you can, by cooking hot and fast, you can actually bring the internal temperature of the meat up a little higher. Um and that's to allow that, that collagen and the fat to, to kind of give it a chance for it to break down. Because when, when you're cooking low and slow, um, it's happening over that time period. Sure. So you're speeding up the process by cooking it hot and fast or cooking it hotter. So you, you, you have the ability to raise that internal temperature a little higher, like I said, to give it a chance for all that to break down and to turn it into a nice tender piece of meat.
0: Yeah. Well... The other thing is, is what I like, I noticed in your your photograph, you actually had your apron on when you had the turkey leg. So if you're eating a turkey leg at a fair or something and you've got, you know, a hand pocket full of napkins and one wrapped around the leg or something. People will for- yeah. forgive you if you get it in your beard or on your shirt or whatever. That's
1: true. <laughs> that, that you
0: get a pass on that one, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, let's go over to um, some brisket here. I know it's the big dog in the barbecue world. Oh yeah, but you've got a, a really good brisket recipe uh, yep. in here and you've got uh, you've used it recently. so if anybody's yep. thinking about, you know, are these recipes really tried and true? You know, Bill's going to tell you about this right now because yeah, uh, yeah works I've, out I've got
1: really two, well. Yeah, two, two uh yeah, two brisket recipes. One I do kind of Texas style, and I do it whole. And uh, just all pepper, uh, maybe a little garlic, whatever. And I just I cook it whole, and I slice it whole. I don't separate anything. I, I very rarely trim it at that, that Texas style. Cause I like sure. all that fat. Oh, yeah. To, you know? Um, and then the next recipe I do is, um, it's my competition brisket recipe. And it's basically, that's, <laughs> that's my recipe there that I'm following to this day. And um, we, we just did it these last two weekends for contest, And uh, we have first place and fourth place with that, that recipe. So it's, um, it works, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a consistent product every time. Um, and it's done in four and a half hours.
0: yeah that's something that people i mean well we talked about it at the beginning of the show and before the show people have been kind of trained to think like if you're going to cook a brisket you've got to be up for you know 12 to 16 hours depending on how you're doing it like that you know i've done that many times sure but 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 i also like the ones that i can knock out in about eight or nine hours and then Mm
1: -hmm.
0: wrap them up throw them in the cooler and go do something else you know yeah so that's a, what's the difference i mean i know your texas style you do the kind of the dalmatian rub the salt and pepper and a little yeah. garlic what's the difference between that and what you're doing on your uh competition brisket
1: um so you know like i said, I, I i for the competition I, I separate the flat and the points i cook them individually mm-hmm. um you know i'll inject the uh flat flatten the point um i'll wrap them in foil with a little bit of a braising liquid um and for the for the texas the, the texas style brisket there i'll wrap just in butcher paper um with you know i don't think any any liquid or anything and um yeah i mean that's kind of how i like to eat my brisket anyway that texas style wrapped in butcher paper and uh, the competition brisket, it's just, it's very rich, you know?
0: Right. So you can't
1: eat, you can eat a lot of it, but you're going to get that, that like, not sour stomach, but that, you know, that rich, you know, having yeah. too much rich food, it just kind of, you just got to be careful when you're eating it because you can definitely overeat it. I've done that many a times because it's so good. And I just can't stop myself because I, I love brisket. It's probably one of my favorite barbecue foods to cook and to eat.
0: Well, uh, yeah, and the fact that, like you said, when you've got all the um, when you keep all the fat in it, I'm not, you know, this is. Uh, I've I've talked to pretty much everybody in the barbecue world yeah. over the past years, and I yeah. always respect what they do. I don't compete because I'm busy doing other stuff.
1: Sure, but yeah. the,
0: but the point is, is that they're very selective and they're cutting the the flat and they're squaring it off and they're doing this mm-hmm. and they're doing that. Um, if I do separate them, I just might cut it off, <laughs> you know,
1: <Sure>. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and cook the point doing something, you know, another time or whatever. Yep. But, but yep. I also like the fat on it because I think that's what mm-hmm. people like. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know? They're, they're not going to get, uh if you go to a barbecue joint and they're eating, are you really wanting to pay, you know, $15 or whatever for, you know, a brisket sandwich or $25 for brisket and links and ribs or whatever, kind of a sampler plate or whatever it is in your part of the country, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah. I think you want some flavor. Oh, definitely. And you want that fat, man. You want that little bit of grease running right out of the corner of your mouth, yeah? You
1: absolutely, do. I and mean, you get a little bit of rub on there, and it gets that nice kind of dark bark on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 absolutely what I go for. Yeah,
0: you got to You got to do that, folks. I mean, yeah. you can do all the trimming and stuff if you want to learn how to do that, or if you got aspirations yep. to compete. Absolutely, you're going to need to know how to do that. Yeah. But there's nothing like just you know, taking a, you know, a big piece of that and slicing it.
1: and Oh, yeah. And, and if that fat is done right, you could take it out and spread it like butter on a piece of toast.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that's happened, actually. I'm a yeah. <laughs> time or two. Um, oh, yeah. And so do you, um, in your other ones, do you inject your briskets when you're competing and stuff?
1: When I, yeah, when I'm competing, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't do it, uh, like I said, for myself at home. I just, you know, and the reason I, I inject when I compete is you're trying to get that, that little edge over your competitor. Because um, I think if everybody just cooked a a regular brisket, no injection, I think they're all going to be the same. So you're trying to give a little bit more flavor, just a little bit more savory you know, just that kind of, that little bit of an edge. And I, sure. I think that's why we, we inject for competition.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, because I don't, I don't compete. I've judged mm-hmm. a few, but I don't compete. Yep. And yep. Um, so, like I said, I respect what everybody does getting their, you know, their, sure their briskets or their ribs or their pull or whatever they're working on and, and yep. doing and, that stuff. And
1: also, you know, there's like, there's kind of a, a fine line of, over-injecting because you don't want to take the injection. That's, you know, it's very salty and um, it's just not, it wouldn't go very well. I mean, you could kill it by over-injecting. So you, you got to be careful with how much you inject and the different, uh, you know, quantities as far as like the the, the injection itself versus what you, know, you mix with the water and everything, you know what I mean?
0: Sure, sure. We're going to take a break here and uh, we're going to be back with bill gillespie his new book hot and fast barbecue on your weber smoky mountain cooker master the quickest methods to smoking mouth-watering meat well we're going to be talking chicken when we come back because that's something we really haven't talked about in this show yet and it's also something that gets screwed up on barbecues all around the world is chicken and Bill's going to tell us how he makes it and i guarantee it won't get screwed up we'll be right back Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Uh, we got Bill Gillespie from Smoking Hogs. He's the head pit master there. He's from Massachusetts. Uh, I love that state, by the way. But he's also got a new book. Is this your third book or fourth? Uh, fourth book. Fourth book, yeah. Yep. This one's Hot and Fast Barbecue on your Weber Smoky Mountain Cooker. The one thing we haven't talked about, Bill, is chicken. Yeah. And it's the thing that I think people cook an awful lot of, and it's very simple to cook,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially if you're going to do, you know, chicken legs or thighs or wings or whatever. Uh, and they've been you know put into parts, cut into parts like that, and uh, so you don't have to spatchcock it or anything fancy. Yep. But there's a lot of common mistakes uh, that people make in in cooking chicken, even competitively. And I wanted you to talk about that because you covered a lot of that in the in the book about wings and you yeah. know fast and crispy uh, chicken quarters and stuff.
1: Yeah, you know those chicken quarters. Um, again, my, I drew my inspiration from growing up, and my mother would always do the uh, the shake and bake
0: uh-huh.
1: chicken in the oven, and uh, or sometimes there would just be salt and pepper on the on the just on the skin, and she would just bake it. And I just remember it always coming out. The skin was always coming out crispy, and the meat was always perfect. And it's just, uh, I just didn't know how she did it. Right. And, and it's just, um, especially with that dock meat, you know, you can, you can bring that dock meat up to, you know, 185, 185 where you should be bringing it and the white meat. You can, you know, you bring it just to, to 160 and, and that's how you keep that white meat nice and juicy. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been to places and cookouts where the it's burnt on the outside and and raw in the middle, or it's like sawdust all the way through. Right. You know, one one extreme to the other, and um, I think with chicken, you, you well, you have to go by temperature because uh, you can easily overcook it. Um, and you can certainly undercook it. So sure. it's um, you know it's just something that just over time. You you kind of figure out, and uh, it's just kind of what I've done.
0: Well, yeah, you've got to do that, and especially if you're cooking in uh, mass, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to be, uh, you know, doing a big Fourth of July bash, and you've got twenty, uh, you know, twenty people coming over, and what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to cook all chicken legs and chicken thighs, which is what I do when we have large gatherings especially if there's going to be kids mm-hmm. or um people with insatiable appetites like myself because uh if i cook the chicken legs you know sometimes the kids don't want uh what's the main course or they're hungry early or whatever mm-hmm. so i kind of yeah. do i kind of do a double deal here you know cuz i get it as a as kind of a get the chicken done early type thing. And then we get on to uh, finishing off the ribs or some steaks or, you know, whatever we're doing. And I just find yep. having the chicken legs like that. So, you know, it's a good way to experiment and you're sure. ki- And the little kids are a lot tougher than we are. So, you know, oh, right, right. Cause they eat dirt and crap like that. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's okay. We did, we did, but I think chicken is, is pretty, pretty tough at, um, uh, the first couple of times you do it, if you've not been around it, the way I Yeah, it.
1: absolutely. Like if you're doing a whole chicken, you know, I mean, there's been times where I've, it's my white meat was dry as a bone and it's just, uh, it's, I'm trying, I can't explain it too well, but, um, you know, there's that, the art of just getting both done at the same time, you know right. what I mean?
0: Well, and then everybody's kind of into this. Well, let's do a reverse sear on it. Well, I, you know, before that term came around, guys like you and me had been doing that for a long time, right? Because we knew not to put something with a lot of fat in its skin over 400 degree open flames, right? You know, we we kind of save that towards the end. Yep. So, and it's also good because you can season it up so well. Mm-hmm. I think. And and then you can you can put the crisp on it at the end. Okay, yep. um, we're going to run out of time on the regular show here, but I know Bill is going to uh, stick around for the after hours because that's yeah, like I always say, that's where we can swear and tell the truth. Um, <laughs> you did <a> look, <laughs> some desserts here and some breads mm-hmm. and stuff. Which one of those was your favorite and easiest to do?
1: Oh boy, um, I'm going to say the apple pie. I just it, it was my grandmother's apple pie recipe, and I know I tell the story in the actual recipe of I could never get it right until I finally asked my mom, you know, how yeah. it was. And she told me it was a certain kind of apple. And, uh, you know, so I, I've always been, I just love apple pie, and um, that was just a fun one to, to <laughs> do.
0: <laughs> you know, my mom couldn't barbecue, but my God, she could make pies. <laughs> and and uh, I think that was from country living or what have you, you know, yep. living on the farms and and not having um, we don't think of it these days um, uh, you know, ever having anything go bad because we've got refrigeration. And even if something mm-hmm. goes amiss, you know, your ice, your freezers making ice and all kinds of things like that. Back then, they didn't have a lot of that. You that's know, true. the ice man brought a couple blocks of ice on his shoulder every few days. And that's what, yeah. that's how you kept stuff cold. Right. So it's, it's really good. Oh, and I see also you had to get a little cocktail in there with roasted lime Oh, margarita. The, the
1: margarita. Yeah, that yeah. was, we saved that one for the last one to shoot. And um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, right. That was, that was so, so, so good. Um, you know, I made it a couple of times and I tweaked it along the way and, and I finally got this one recipe and yeah, it's, it's really, really good to, to kind of make your own, you know, lime, you know, the, the sour mix kind of sure. thing with the, the, uh, I uh, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. The, uh, the sweet, wa- you know, the water and the sugar. Yeah. And, the simple uh, syrup yeah, it was and just, all that. It was just fun. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. What was the most fun out of all the recipes in the book and putting it together? What was, what do you think is your favorite?
1: Oh, it's got to be the shrimp and andouille. Um, That was awesome. It's, I serve it with a piece of nice crusty bread. Uh So that broth, it's buttery, garlicky. So you're eating the shrimp, dunking that in there and you rip off a piece of the bread and you dunk it in the, in the sauce and the juice. And it's just oh my god! I I, I could have eaten that all day long. Yeah. You know that that was probably one of my favorite recipes in the book.
0: You sound like you're in love with it, Bill.
1: I am. <laughs> I, I really am. Yeah, that was a fun one to to try and to to test out. <laughs>
0: Bill Gillespie, Bill, real quick, how can they find you?
1: So we're on uh, Facebook at Smoking Hogs BBQ. Uh, Instagram at Smoke and Hogs BBQ and Twitter at Smoke It Hogs BBQ. And yeah, and the books are available basically wherever books are sold. There you so, go. There you go. Yep.
0: Bill's gotta stick around for after hours, so we're gonna do that. And we are going to welcome uh, Bree Blackford up to the um, next hour. So stick around for that. We'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Take care, everybody.